Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by SDP. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today, I'm in a driver's motorhome. <laughs> it's a big moment for me. Matt Kenseth's motorhome at Texas Motor Speedway, where I am, of course, sitting down with Matt Kenseth. It would be weird if I was talking to somebody else. Yeah, then I'd be sitting outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be inside, actually. We were just talking about your running. So how many miles did you do this morning? This morning, it was just a 10K down the road. So okay. six, I don't know, what what is that, 6.2 or something? 6.2, so, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of a little warm-up, so I've been training to try to do a half marathon in, in December. So it just kind of worked it into our training week. But a bunch of guys uh, a bunch of guys went down there. It was pretty fun. I always hate it when I get beat. I can't run with uh, Jimmy and McMurray and Josh Wise. And those guys, are all, they're all faster. But I, uh, I won my age group, which they're all picking on me at. I said it was the seniors. <laughs> when actually that would be, what, 41 to 45? Is yeah. that generally how they break it down? I there? appreciate That's that, good. Nate. <laughs> yeah, I was in the 40, 45 to 49. Um <laughs> Because if I was a year younger, then I would have lost because Jimmy and Jamie are all in the above 40 age group as well, but it stops at 45. Okay. If it makes you feel any better. I won age group 41 to 45 like a year or two ago. Awesome. Like, I was just telling you. I, I Where's your medal? Uh, it's at home. Oh, okay. uh, you got displayed probably somewhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I couldn't get anywhere near where I ran that day, unfortunately. You fall out of it, man. And I've heard you talk about you, you've said that you feel better because you do this. But as you get older, as you and I know, as you get in your mid-40s, it's like it's harder to make time for it, right? Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's not hard. It's actually easier to make time for it as you get older, in a way, at least at least for me, because I don't, I don't really have a job. You know, you race, <laughs> you race on weekends, and there's so much downtime at the track. So right. you can always go ride. And then as the kids get older, yes, you're much busier with them, but they're also in school all day. So then, you know, if you work weekends like I do, you got actually some time on the weekends when there's some downtime and then during the week you have some time as well so I've, I've had time to do it it's just you have to put you have to work harder at it i feel like yesterday speaking of you went on a bike ride with like jimmy and daniel suarez and trevor bain and some other we had guys, a big right? group yesterday we had 10 or 12 of us yesterday something like that and uh yeah we we took off from here this isn't one of the best places to ride we end up having to go through a couple miles of gravel mm-hmm. and it's not very friendly gravel to get out and it's always out and back so you got to ride back through it right at the end so it's not the not the friendliest ride and the roads are really bad there's there's potholes that i think you could lose your whole bike in if you <laughs> if you hit it so not the best roads but it was, a, it was nice to get out and you guys went for almost two hours i think 50 something miles uh, right? no we or only 30 rode 30 maybe 30 32 or 34 miles something like that okay. so the funny part about that is dale jr was was feeling good yesterday and we got out and we stopped and usually Jimmy knows all the routes and we're about 16 miles out there and it's an outback so you gotta 
you got to ride back. So that's th- going to be 32 when you get back. And we always try to get back an hour before qualifying at least. So anyway, we got um, looking at it. And I was like, yeah, hey, we probably probably need to, you know, turn around and get back, you know, an hour before qualifying. And Junior's like, nah, I feel good. Let's go a little far. Let's go to the end of that road. And I'm like, we just rode like 12 bikes through that gravel and nobody got a flat. You have to budget time for a flat on the way back. And he was giving me all kinds of flack. And you know how many flats we had on the way back? Four or five. Five. <laughs> And the last one was juniors, ironically. And um, thankfully, had a, a guy that owns a bike shop riding right next to him that could change his tire form because I'm pretty sure he can't do it himself. Um, so anyway, we, we got back. We had plenty of time. It was a little tighter on time than, than usually we'd like to do. And the gravel road's only like two miles that way, so it'd be easy to okay. get somebody to pick you up. Um, but it was it was pretty funny. I talked about that, and we had five of them on the way back. This is what I was going to ask you about because uh, you guys did this. So practice ended three and a half, four hours. It's usually gap, about a right? four-hour break every okay. Friday this year since they, they got, you know, less officials or whatever the reason is there's there's this year there's been more time maybe last year too but there's been more time between practice and qualifying it's always like a four-hour break so um typically fridays we go out for an hour and a half is usually what we try to aim for okay um get all your debriefs done and look through your notes and look through all the stuff you want to look through and then uh go ride for about an hour and a half and then you still usually got an hour hour and a half to get cleaned up and ready but like you said somebody's got to diligently plan exactly how far you can go to make it back no no one wants to hear the excuse of i'm not qualifying because i was riding my bike (laughs) because that would be bad that would be bad yeah um so jimmy is the um resident route expert he has routes i think at every racetrack he's been doing this for a lot of years so pretty much every track that we go to he's ridden at and has a, a route or several different options for routes okay and you just trust him. Makes it him. easy for me. Yeah, I just yeah. follow him. Yeah. He's in the playoffs, so he's going to yeah. be back on time yeah. right now. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is always amazing to me, Matt, because when you guys were battling for the championship in 2013, there was this media availability at Martinsville, which was right after Jimmy had run like 20 miles that week, and it was his trainer at the time was like, hey, we're going to run 20 miles because you're racing the number 20. And somebody asked you, hey, what do you think about running – you know, I don't think 48 miles, but you yeah. know, 20 miles to like keep up with Jimmy. You could have you done 4.8 at yeah. that time. No. <laughs> you were like, oh, I'd probably drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the change that happened there for you that you became such a fitness buff? You know, that's a great question. I guess it probably, um, you know, I've always been kind of off and on, but honestly, the last decade I've been way more off than on um, for, for getting <laughs> exercise. I'd say a few things happened there. The first thing that happened is a bunch of guys at JGR like riding bikes. And one day Jason said he was going to go buy a mountain bike. And I was like, you know, I'll go, I'll go with you. I'll go buy a mountain bike too. And we'll go start riding together a little bit. And then, you know, I knew Jimmy rode a lot. And so it started with mountain biking, which is, which is really fun. It's like being a, a kid again, it's a lot of work, but it's like being a kid, right? When you had a dirt bike and you'd ride through the woods and you'd go jump things and you do all kinds of fun stuff. So that was fun, but definitely took a lot of fitness I didn't have and definitely started building my fitness level. You know, and with that, everybody started giving me peer pressure about a road bike. I got to have a road bike, which I never had any interest in. So I got one and brought it to the racetrack, and, it, and it's really nice on race weekends to get out of the motorhome after being in it for all these years, especially with all the downtime we have with these new schedules. Um, especially when the family's not here, you just I just go crazy. I got I got to get out. So, right. um, and, and you see a lot of different areas that we go to that you typically wouldn't see if we didn't go for bike rides. So then it kind of just turned into that. Um, the running, I started running again. Katie's always ran, and she likes to work out, and she's always been in amazing shape. And I started kind of running with her to get ready for jimmy's 5k like a couple years ago when he had it uh, a year and a half ago two years ago whatever it was and uh, i could barely run a mile you know when we started <laughs> and um I, so i started running you know to run that 5k and also to do something with katie so when we drop our youngest off at her preschool um we we still well she had to stop now but we'd, we'd still we go run you know anywhere from three to 
seven or eight miles together uh, a couple days a week and it's something that we started kind of doing together which is uh, uh which was really fun as well it's kind of some some time we go spend together so it kind of started with that and then uh, about a month ago i was just kind of having a hard time being motivated during the week and i know jamie mcmurray is training for that marathon in Kiowa in December. So I decided I would run a half and start trying to train for that and start getting some structured training and trying to get, uh, you know, something to kind of train for and aim for. Yeah. I think you've said it. you feel better, not just physically, but mentally it puts you in a good place. Yeah. You know, as, as you know, being a, a runner and running some, when you get done running, it's a, it's the weirdest thing. You feel like really good about everything at yeah. least for an hour. At least I do. I like it. it. There's some euphoria there. There's something there that like just makes you feel better about everything. I'm not really sure why, yeah. um, especially running more so than cycling, but yeah, um, it's been as much of a mental help as a physical help for sure so you're going stir crazy and you get to get out of here and then you also as you said you get to see places that exist around racetracks that you didn't realize probably yeah. were there that you've been going here these places for 18 years what's a place or a track or an area that you've found during these cycling excursions or running excursions that's like wow that was cool man there's some places you realize would probably be pretty cool cycling like uh Watkins Glen Pocono has some of the most hard climbs and some of the most strenuous riding you can find so is Watkins Glen um, but probably, um, probably Kentucky. I don't know why. I just never really pictured hmm. away from the track being like it was. I almost felt like I was in Wisconsin in a way. There's a lot of, a lot of farms, crops, cows, random. I saw a horse on a porch one day. There's this old house <laughs> in Kentucky. And a big came, porch. This is the weirdest thing. So we came around this corner. It was a gravel road. It's in Kentucky. Part of the route we do. And I looked to the left and there's this kind of older, older house and a couple of cars out in their yard and stuff. And I am serious. There is a full size horse standing on their covered porch. It was just like a you know normal porch you can walk up, but it was kind of covered going up to the front door. And it didn't look like it could hold them, but it was. And there's just a horse standing there. There's nobody around, nobody outside, nothing. It was just a horse on a guy's porch. That was one of the most interesting things. Did it make you want riding. to stop and like knock on the guy's door and say, "Yo, you know this um, horse I, is I on think, your porch." Uh, I think Alan Gustafson was with us. I'm pretty sure he got a picture of it. Somebody had got a picture of it. I didn't. I never hardly pulled my phone out. But I, I didn't get a picture of it, but I think somebody did. Um, that was pretty funny. That's cool. Last year you rode 130 miles, I think a little over seven hours, from Asheville to Charlotte, right, with Jimmy yeah. on a ride. Is that the longest uh, That was the Yeah, that was the longest at one time. That wasn't really that hard of a ride necessarily. It was just, it was just really long. It's so just 130 a, miles. Man. Yeah, I mean, it was really long. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and, and before that, the funny thing about that, I think the farthest I ever rode before that day was like 35 miles or something like that. So it was a, That's crazy. It was a very long day. It was a deal that um, – people uh people for bikes was was putting on just kind of raise awareness for cycling and bike lanes and things like that so it was uh it was a very long day but yeah it was um it was fun how can 130 miles not be that strenuous Is it well i mean traffic? it was but it wasn't like a race it was like a big a big group ride you know so it wasn't we're all taking off together and we're all arriving together yeah that made it a little bit easier all right they were, got... they were kind of waiting you know for the pack to kind of stay together i see yeah. okay i think i mean i think Asheville is charlotte and i think like that's yeah, pretty, pretty significant elevation yeah, there was changes some pretty there. Good yeah, yeah, it was G- fun. Jimmy says you have natural ability on the bike. Ha! I don't think I don't think that's the case <laughs> at all. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't think that's the case. So the 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 guy who I see is a natural, which I've already said this is McMurray. I mean, he's he works you know really hard at it. And Jamie's personality, like when he gets into something, he's like in it 100. percent He thinks about it all the time. He just he's he gets really into stuff. So um. He was amazing on a bike. We all got ready this this spring and did that attack on or whatever it's called, attack on Mount Mitchell Mount or whatever. Mitchell, right. Yeah, it's uh, Greenville to the top of Mount Mitchell, and it's a hundred and some miles and over eleven thousand feet of climbing, and it's uh, and, and it's a race basically. It's a timed event, 
and um, Jamie just killed it. He started riding like three months before that, and he um, hired Josh to train him and get ready for it and stuff, and he was just unbelievable on a bike, how strong he is. And, and I think his running is going to be about the same. He was pretty fast today, and he's getting ready for that marathon, and um, I bet you he, he crushes that thing pretty good. Jamie was on this podcast, Matt, a couple months ago, and he was talking about, like, I think he had tweeted that assault on Mount Mitchell, like the, the biometrics or yeah. whatever from that, like right after the brickyard, after Casey won and got out. And obviously he was exhausted and just yeah. you know, collapsed because of the, all the stress and heat of the day. The drivers, are they athletes? Debate is endless. And I think Jamie said that he kind of just wanted to show people, hey, this is not me saying we're athletes, but here's an example of something I did that shows this is an athletic endeavor at times, I guess, right? right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't think you have to be athletic to be a good race car driver. You know, are you athletes? I mean, I, I mean, it's a it's a professional sport, so I guess you're a professional athlete if you want to look at it like that, but you certainly do not have to be athletic, probably at all. We, we've seen a lot of very successful <laughs> drivers that are, are very far from athletic. They probably right. couldn't run from here to the garage area. Um, Some but, from your state, actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah probably. Um, so, I mean, that's an endless conversation. I mean, I, you know, I've never golfed at a, at a pro level, but I, I never really got very tired golfing either. So, I mean, there's every sport's different, right? Like in, in golfing, you don't have to do the things a football player does, and a football player doesn't have to do the things that, you know, we do. And, you know, so I guess you could always have that debate, but, you know, certainly you don't have to be athletic, but it's, um, it's, it's physically challenging at times. Certainly right now it's easier than it's ever been, but it's, um, it's still physically challenging. Okay, let's pause the podcast here to tell you about a product from our presenting sponsor, STP, and that is the Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. For more than 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products such as this to help engines perform at their best. And this newest product, the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline. That helps keep fuel fresh during storage, especially in engines that are stored over an extended period of time. I have used products such as these for years in my personal cars. They're very easy to use. You just put the contents in the gas tank and they improve fuel efficiency and also keep your engines running smoothly. The STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer is compatible with all two- and four-stroke engines, including lawnmowers, boats, and motorcycles. And one bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. So be sure to check out the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. And now let's return to our conversation with Matt Kenseth. You've said a lot recently, Matt, that you are, you're in a happy place in life. Is, yeah. is it as simple as this? I mean, obviously home life is good. You found this great hobby. Is it just as simple as you're a happier person because you kind of do these things to clear your mind and make yourself a happier person? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would say it's, um, you know, it's 99% family. You, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. having, having the kids and, and, and Katie and, uh, or, expecting fifth coming up here pretty soon and uh ross is ross is doing great and he's a really happy place in life um just uh you know you you always you always wait for something to happen or go wrong or whatever to you know what i mean you can't help that you know sometimes but um just it's just been i'm just in i'm just in a good place i've really been enjoying uh um i've really been enjoying the kids and uh katie and i've been having a great time you know trying to figure out 
how to raise them and and the challenges of that and uh, the, the challenges that the kids put on you, I think, every, every single day, which is uh, uh, sometimes, you know, it can be very frustrating, but it's also uh, it's also fun, and we, we pretty much laugh at the end of every day. You know what I mean? Even when you're so mad you can't see straight after everybody's in bed, you pretty much you pretty much spend some time talking about the day and laughing. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's a combination of everything. I mean, the, the racing has sucked, but other than that, I mean, I've been uh, – good place i've been been pretty happy for those who are unaware matt has three daughters under what eight and younger yeah yeah eight <laughs> eight six and three that's a lot man yeah eight eight six and three and then uh we have the next one coming in december so uh, it's uh, very busy around my house do you know if you're having yeah. a boy or a girl uh, i don't know it's um it's gonna be one or the other we'll find out <laughs> there's not many surprises in life anymore you know and um I was just, you know, I've never wanted to find out. Katie found out with Clara because she was at an ultrasound without me. I was testing somewhere, and okay. she couldn't stand it, so she she asked and looked. But the rest of them, we didn't find out, you know, until they were born, and that's kind of how I like it. Okay. It's not very many surprises anymore, right? I mean, it's crazy all the stuff you can do these days, so it's kind of, it's one of those things. I have one thing that happens to be one of the biggest things in life be a surprise, right? If you yeah. can control it, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, odds are it's going to be a girl. <laughs> I mean, odds are pretty I good. Odds are it's going to yeah. be a boy after you've uh, had yeah, three girls. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. They say the longer you keep going like that, your odds are you're going to have another one. Okay. So, but we'll see. Nobody knows. You're ready to be outnumbered for the next really, 10 to I mean, 18 it's, years. It's so funny because, you know, people come up to you and, and man, they, they say it in front of your kids, right? They're like, man, I bet you're really hoping you have a boy. And I'm like, and to be totally honest with you, I'm, I really don't care. I'm like, if the baby's healthy and Katie's healthy, that's all I really care about. I could, I care less whether it's a girl or a boy. And I'm pretty used to having girls right now. And some of my friends that have boys and they bring them over, it's a whole different ballgame. Boys are wild. You think your girls are wild? Boys are wild. Yeah. Well, isn't the adage, doesn't it go something like boys are really hard to control when they're young, but girls are much harder to control when they're older? I don't, I don't want to talk about when they get older. I'm not. I'm already dreading. You know, you've already seen what Kaylin's like. She's only a couple years away, you know, from. uh, I mean, it's amazing the things that they they understand or want to understand. And it's very challenging for me as a parent to try to figure out the right way to explain everything in today's world. Um, You know, so yeah, as they get older, there's a lot of uh, um, things that that concern me a lot. (laughs) Mostly related to technology and just everything. Social media, just everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wish we could cut all that off, to be honest with you. Everybody's addicted to them, including it, me. Everybody's always looking at their phone and their iPad and their, their computer. And their, but, I mean, I'm, you know, the least active probably in the whole this whole 10-mile square radius right now on social media. And I don't read any of that stuff and go do all yeah. that. It's just, um, you know, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. I wrestle with it, too, because it seems as if everybody thinks that's the key to like NASCAR kind of like regaining its fan base is like, Hey, we just got to do digital and social technology all the time. And to me, I'm kind of in your camp. I get turned off by how people become so obsessive yeah. about it, immersed yeah. in it. It's weird. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. You go to a football game or you go to race or you go whatever. And, and it's, it's funny because sometimes you'll see people just staring at their phone the whole time. I'm like, well, why'd you come to experience right. the game? If right. you're, you know, or come experience the race right. if you're not going to watch it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, um, I think with, uh, fantasy sports and things like that sure. people certainly want to follow it closer even when they're there and see what's going on uh, especially when you get to like football and there's several different games going at the same time but 
Um, but yeah, I'm with you. People spend, uh, you know, all of us do, myself included. I'll spend a lot of, a lot of screen time these days and worry about sharing all their experiences instead of really having their experiences. Exactly. You know, is yeah. it, is it really an experience you're having or like do you just want to make sure <laughs> this looks really good? I'm going to edit this and take this picture so everybody else can see it and think that this is the experience I'm having. You know what I mean? Which yeah. one is it? You know? So, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I prefer to maybe enjoy the experience yeah. with my family as much as I can and not really worry about if some random person that follows me experiences it with me <laughs> you know what i mean i hear you totally i mean people think you almost like need to have devices in order to enhance the experience yeah. of like going to a sporting event or a yeah. concert or whatever and, and you're right why not just enjoy yeah. what you're actually the primary purpose I mean, of yeah, you being yeah. there is to mean, watch I like, it i like getting pictures i mean that that certainly with um you know the phones these days and stuff compared to what used to be it's certainly a lot easier to get pictures but then again you know i remember my mom go way back in time you know she'd have all these pictures and make photo albums so we had probably i, I don't know probably ended with 20 photo albums at our house right and you'd look through it and it's you'd have three or four pictures from every year and you'd have you know family outing or this or that yeah and now it's like i, I don't know if i looked at my phone right now i got less than everybody else but i bet there's people walk around with ten thousand pictures on their phone are they ever gonna look at them or no. enjoy them or see them or whatever so again it's another yeah. one of those things like oh yeah i gotta get a picture of that and then it's like five years later you'd be looking through your computer your phone you'd be like oh i forgot i took a picture right. of that you know so not enough um, time so left in yeah, your life just, to look at every photo exactly yeah. it's just different you know it's just different <laughs> how do you manage it with your kids do you tell them yeah, no phones until a certain age or no oh, that's a that's a great question um <laughs> you know there's 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 certain things that they're really good for a tracking them um you know especially even when they're on a bus i want to know where they are i want to know if something happens to the bus i want to you, you know yeah. what i mean so so no they don't have cell phones but you know there's a lot of great technologies days you can put in your ipad or um, they have those little watches they make now and all that stuff where at least you can kind of track where they're at or they can call you in an emergency or you can see if something happens you know it's different than when we all grew up in little little towns right and you could walk to school and it was a mile away or half a mile away everything's so spread out now it seems like so um but no they don't have phones i don't i don't know when they're gonna get phones we try to we try to limit their times all my kids are so different um my youngest could care less about tv hmm. um ipads she could care less she wants to play with you and she wants to go outside and she wants to do it which is great grace um who is six there's a lot of times we'll land in an airplane and she's where everybody's getting out of the airplane. She's still watching her movie on her iPad. She's oblivious to the world around her. She is so she would watch that thing if you let her. She would watch it all day long. She would never get away from it. And and Kaylin's growing growing out of it too. She'll watch it a little bit and she'll watch a TV show, but she'll typically unless she's tired, she'll about halfway through it and want to go do something, you know, which is good. So we we uh, we do put some limits on it, but. A lot, of, a lot of times they kind of limit limited themselves too. You know, they, they keep you pretty busy. They're like, yeah, you know, you'll be getting ready or something, so you let them watch TV while you're getting ready to go somewhere. And they usually they're pretty good with about a half hour, hour, and they're about done. That's cool. Well, I'm glad that they are keeping you preoccupied because, as you mentioned, you probably don't want to focus on the racing side so much <laughs> lately. Because yeah. I mean, you said it's it's kind of sucked this yeah. season compared to other ones you've had. I mean, not a terrible season by any means, but not the one you wanted to have. Yeah, not very good. So yeah, the, the racing end has been very. Uh, it's been a very. Uh, frustrating and disappointing season from every level probably the most disappointing season i've ever had in my career to be honest with you i mean we've had we've ran worse before uh, 2001 we ran mm-hmm. awful but it was only my second full time season and you know we had a lot of parts failures team was still operating at a high level and stuff and this year's just been for having equipment out of that shop that we can go that that the equipment's capable of winning races and championships and you know just it's been a a disappointing season to say the least and it just mm-hmm. keeps the hits just keep on coming <laughs> you know it's only three weeks left and they just keep on coming you come back to go qualify and can't get through text you don't even get to qualify and then you get penalized the next week because you couldn't get through text so i didn't get to qualify and i won't get to do much practice next week you know so it's like 
They just, they just keep on Compounds coming. Compounds itself. It just keeps yeah. on coming. I remember talking to you on Playoff Media Day, and I asked you then. Obviously, I was totally in the wrong. Enough things have gone wrong <laughs> that yeah. eventually things are going to turn around and go the other way, right? And they just yeah. never quite did. I mean, you know, I've been through a lot of periods in my career. I've been very fortunate. I had some good, really good periods, and I've also had some some bad periods, and I'd say this is my worst. And, and, and just because, uh, you know, I got to take a lot of blame because I'm the guy driving a race car, but just it's it's been so self-inflicted. We've made so many mistakes as a team, mm-hmm. and um, you know I felt like 13, except for whatever we did there at Phoenix, we operated as a championship team. Um, 15, I thought we did uh, really last year toward the end. We really needed to. I thought we did. We just caught that you know caution and got wrecked at restart at Phoenix, or else we were going to go to Homestead. Right. Uh, I thought we were operating at championship level, and man, we came out of the box this year and just uh, just. Um, the whole thing from top to bottom you could you can look at the whole thing and and at certain races one race or another you know one of us is one of us are, are part of the group or however you want to look at it is figure out how to mess it up we've had good days and we've messed it up with mistakes and we have bad days where we've ran terrible and then those days we got you know great pit stops and strategy and don't make mistakes on pit road or the racetrack and just don't get a good finish and just it, it's just been it's just been something all the time. We just have not operated at a high level. It's been very, uh, very disappointing. And you can't really put your finger on why. There's no um, answer. That you know, we always ask for that. But. I mean, I probably could. Um, you know, hindsight, looking back, I think there's probably things I probably could have helped more with or or maybe been more of the squeaky wheel, try to get things rolling better in the right direction and didn't and used a lot of patience and, um, you know, I always feel like Jason's done a good job of leading the team and figuring out what we need and how to get things turned around. And for whatever reason, and, and again, not putting on him, it's, it's, it's all of us, you know, but uh, we just haven't been able to do that. We haven't been able to turn it around and never, never have been able to, I don't feel like this year, get the whole group at the same time as one unit operating as a championship unit. You know, just or even a winning unit, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, we got had a few, few races we had a good opportunity to win and um, for whatever reason couldn't, you know. So, you know, that's been – that's been tough on me, especially knowing that I'm driving for, you know, a really good team and and that uh, most likely it's my last full-time season. So it's, it's been tough to kind of go out like that. You know, I want to I wanna go out winning and and, uh, and running better. Because you, you still feel like you can win when things are there. I mean, I feel, like I, I feel like I can. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, now, with that being said, I think you could probably interview every driver who's ever – retired and including Darrell Walter who drove those bad cars the last few years right. ran, ran terribly awful and I'm sure they'd all tell you that they felt like they could still win I, I mean, can remember him saying that I mean? actually yeah, last exactly year. Yeah. so <laughs> yeah. um so I mean you have to do yeah. it right I mean anybody can say it you have to do it but I feel like we still got speed I mean we've qualified good um yesterday we were in the top three or four in speed pretty much all of all of practice and uh, didn't get to qualify as I mentioned um you know so I, I feel like the speed is there I feel like I, I can still you know get it done we just had a hard time getting the cars to drive the way I feel like they need to for us and um and when we do get them driving pretty good we just have something else happen it seems like so it's just been one of those years but um but yeah i mean i i don't i don't feel like personally i've had any fall off mm-hmm. um but uh, again you can you know if you have a big enough sample uh the numbers don't really lie you know i mean they, they will for a while um you know but if you have a big enough sample size you'd think that you know the team or whatever would change enough stuff around you to yeah. to make that look better so obviously the results haven't been there this year and what's it like i mean this has got to be the first time in what 20 years you're coming to an end of a season without knowing what's there for next season right uh yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty sure i know what's there for next season you know i've, I've put a lot of thought into it and 
probably probably mainly last week probably pretty much decided after Martinsville, which I kind of already knew that anyway, but decided to take some time off. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's uh, that's forever. I don't know if that's a month. I don't know if that's five months. I don't know if it's two years. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, most likely when you're gone, you don't get the opportunity again. But um, just don't really, I just don't really feel like it's in the cards. I've I've had uh, not to get too deep on you, but pretty much through my whole career and and really most of my life. Um, everything's been very obvious to me, mm-hmm. you know, like even moving to Joe Gibbs, everybody's like, oh, that must be the hardest decision. I'm like, actually, it was it was one of the easiest ones I've ever made. I mean, it's just both ends, everything lined up, right? It lined up to not stay where I was for a whole bunch of different reasons, and it lined up to go over there for a whole bunch of different – it's just like it was really easy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think this one I've been fighting in as long as I can, right, because I'm like, man, once you're – you're done doing this not many of us get to do this especially at the top level and um you know so I think I fought it for a long time and I think sometimes uh sometimes you can't make your own decisions so people make them for you and yeah. that's unfortunate because I want to make my own decisions and and felt like in a way I've, I've earned that to to be able to go out you know the way that other drivers that have had similar careers have been able to kind of sure. dictate somewhat you know when your time is up but anyway just kind of came to the realization that it's probably time to go do something different. So 2018, you don't anticipate being at Daytona or anywhere else that No, year. I, uh, I I really don't. I mean, I, I you never say never. I mean, if something, uh, you know, came up that, that felt right or, or you know, you know, coach had an opportunity to come up because of a driver or because of something or, you know, a good car that I felt like I could go contribute and I could go win with and as a top team, I would probably seriously entertain that. Um, you know, but other than that, not, I don't, I don't foresee that. I actually wrote this last week. To me, it seems, I mean, life's not fair, right? But (laughs) it strikes me as unfair that you've won a championship. You've won 38 races. I don't know. 40 race. I can't remember. If you say 40 (laughs) sounds better than 38, but I don't don't think it's 40. (laughs) Two Daytona 500s. (laughs) And there are other of your contemporaries that are kind of going out on their own terms. And, you know, when you look at, you know, the way Gordon or Stewart or now Dale Jr., is it a little bit frustrating, I guess, from that perspective? Yeah, I mean, it irritates me a little bit. Um, But like I said, I I feel like, I just feel like kind of the way things have gone that, that for whatever reason, reasons I don't understand, I think will become really, really clear in the future that I've just not meant for me to race next year. I mean, I just think it's that simple. I think that everything lined up this way because I wasn't going to make the decision myself. So somebody made it for me and, yeah. and it's just not, it's just not supposed to happen. If it was supposed to happen, I think I either would have stayed at JGR. Um, probably my biggest clue is when, um, you know, Rick, you know, put William in a five car and didn't get that opportunity. That was one that I thought maybe I would get and hopefully be able to go over there and, and get that car running better. I feel like I could really do that and, and maybe mentor, you know, some of the young drivers and come along. That didn't, that didn't work out either. And probably after that happened, that should have been the kind of the cold water in my face where I'd be like, all right, you need to accept it and get this year and do the best you can this year and just uh, figure out what you're going to do next year and move on. Did you talk to Rick? You know, I've talked to him a lot. Actually, I probably talk to him 10 times a year, every year, 15, maybe probably more than that, actually. So I've always got along with him pretty well, you know, but as far as any conversation with owners or anything, I'd probably rather keep them all to myself just because the more I think about that, um, you know, it's not really fair to my peers you know or the owners really because yeah. obviously all the cars pretty much have drivers in them so um you know it's probably easier just to just to keep them to myself so it's fair just to say there were probably opportunities but if you say decisions get made for you it doesn't really get, come yeah, down to what I you mean, want it's what others say they need or want yeah yeah well 
you know, there's been, you know, certainly I think, certainly I think I could drive next year um, mm-hmm. if I really want to go drive. But do I just want to drive, or do I want to go try to win races and championships? And it just nothing has really been easy. Like there's been some stuff that's drug on forever, and you're like, okay, well, they say you know, why don't you go do this? And but I mean, it's November, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think it was Kentucky in June when people knew I didn't have a ride for next year, and and it's sitting here in November. So um, I think if any of that stuff was really really meant to be and somebody really wanted you and, and really wanted you to be part of the organization that they would have figured out how to make it happen and make it happen by now certainly so um i just think it's i just kind of think it's time to move on your friend and mine uh, dave coleman talked to you at chicagoland and you said something effective once you don't drive anymore you don't envision yourself being at a racetrack at all yeah which is one of the reasons i asked to talk to you after yeah. uh, <laughs> kansas because I mean, that tells me that, like, there's no guarantee I might see you again in three weeks ever. And yeah. I like interviewing you, man. So um, <laughs> is, is that the way it's going to be? I mean, do you think after Miami, if things don't work out and you're ready just to just walk away from it entirely and say thanks? Yeah, nice I mean, I, I don't. Um, see you at the Hall of Fame induction? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I don't envision myself being at the racetrack. Now, now I will say there was a time, um, and obviously a lot of things changed since then, but I, I think there was a time where I really felt like, you know, maybe I would have still been involved with JGR and maybe they would have had some kind of position for me to help and possibly still go to the racetrack on a part-time basis and, you know, be around the shop and all that stuff. And um, there's been a lot of changes over the last two or three years, you know, so obviously I don't I don't feel like that'll happen. So, so no, I don't really envision myself being at the racetrack, at least not – to start, I mean, I, I always hate to say never, um, but if I'm not driving a race car, I can't imagine why I'd want to be here and yeah. sit in this motorhome all day. I've been doing that for 20 years, so um, I'm, I'm really ready and excited to have some summers off and being able to spend with my kids as they, as they grow up and uh, get to do some normal family things. I'd say that's a pretty big silver lining, right? That a lot of other guys, yeah. probably their kids are growing up as they're in the prime of their careers, and you're going to get yeah. to enjoy four young kids as they grow up, right? Yeah, we, we, uh, we started a lot later. We were married for a lot of years first. So, um, so yeah, that part, will, that part will be fun. I mean, I think it's going to be busier staying at home is <laughs> going to the racetrack. <laughs> so especially like this weekend, they're not here. You know, it's pretty quiet in here. You get up when you feel like getting up and go to bed when you feel like going to bed and you get home and it's pretty busy right now and it's a, it's a fun busy and it's a great busy and i think it keeps you young so like i said as much as i've fought it and as much as i've probably tried to deny it that it's not time it probably really is and yeah. even though i feel like i can still get it done in a racetrack um i just think it's i just think it's probably time and i need to I need to accept that and move on so when I wrote this column last week, I got as much response as anything I've ever gotten. It was your fan base basically coming out and saying that they wanted to see you exit the way you saw fit. They felt the same way. Do you feel that support from your fan base? And is that you know, has that I been do. nice to see? I, I do. And you know, the other the other thing is, you know, you say that, and that's I wish I could have done that too, right? Because I, would, you know, if I knew what I I knew now, maybe I would would have made that call, you know, earlier mm-hmm. in the year. But yet, I mean, I've kind of known this for a couple months, you know, but. In this sport, what's the advantage to really say you're retiring or use that word, right? There is no pension. There's no anything you, you're retiring. Right. You know, to, when you say that, you're doing it, you know, A, for your fan base, B, for the attention, for lack of better words, and then C, for, like, people like Dale Jr., you kind of got to say it because you have a car owner that needs to fill that seat and he needs to know so they can their sponsors need to know and all that. And I'm in a really different situation, so for me to – you know, to talk about it really before now really didn't make a lot of sense. They already replaced me. I didn't have a seat. I didn't have a ride. I didn't have a company that was just dying to have me in their company. You know, so for me, I just try to concentrate and make the rest of this year the best we can. I was hoping to try to race for a championship and, 
you know, move on from there. So, but a nice reminder, right? That you've got those types of fans who are that passionate and who are yeah. fairly vocal. Yeah. I got some, like I got that. some great fans. Um, I've really uh, appreciated them through the years. We've had that, our, you know, fan club museum in Wisconsin forever, closed that down about a year ago. Uh, but man, we had so many visitors there and did so many events and had a bunch of cool stuff there. So that was, uh, that was always really fun. All right, man. Well, I know you got another interview to go do, which I know you're really excited about. So, uh, yeah, if you want to stay a little longer, you can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you know, when we're done with this, I'm gonna turn the air conditioner back on because we're both starting to sweat. And then um, I think I have lunch waiting outside. I'm pretty excited for that. I'm pretty hungry today. So, um, so that's it, Nate. I was hoping to do better for you today. I was like, you know, I need to make this like his best podcast ever. And I haven't heard any of them, but I just got a, I just got a feeling it's not going to make a lot of sense, and it's not going to be the best one ever. I'm just going to make a recommendation. You should listen to Jamie's. I think you'd, you'd like Jamie's. Really? Yeah, I think you might enjoy so it. So by you saying that, that's totally telling me that this sucked. No, no, no. I'm telling like, you. Well, that- yeah, actually, you should listen to Jamie's if you want to hear a good one. <laughs> I have a feeling this will be a well-listened-to podcast, uh. and I appreciate you being so candid and so insightful. And, hey, if this is the last time I talk to you as a driver, nah, hopefully we'll get it's... To- talk to you again it's been real yeah well right. if if i do if i do talk to you again as a driver great if i don't the next time i talk to you is probably when you're getting inducted in the hall of fame where i'm a voter I'd, <laughs> I certainly plan on voting for you it's been good man i, I appreciate I, it. I appreciate you always being so accommodating uh, no problem you know you're my favorite nate <laughs> don't tell everybody else though who's gonna listen that's right nobody right. Oh, nobody okay. listens to this thing <laughs> yeah right thanks matt again we appreciate matt kenseth for joining us the first interview i did with him which he assuredly won't remember was at California Speedway in July of 1998. And there have been many times I've talked to Matt Kenseth since then, and I won't hide the fact that I'll miss him being on the grid in 2018. Regardless of whether he does race in Cup again after the 2017 season, he's had a Hall of Fame career, and beyond just being a superb talent, he and his dry Wisconsin wit also were a joy to cover. Best of luck to him and his family as they welcome a new addition in December. Thanks as well to Jessica Rolick for helping make this conversation happen. This is the first of multiple episodes of the podcast this week. Next up is Eric Jones, whom I sat down with a few weeks ago. And also we'll have Bubba Wallace, whom I talked with at Texas this weekend. Next week, after Phoenix, I hope to have the ever-popular Steve Letarte back on to help handicap the championship round. And I have plans to do some on-location podcasts with Dustin Long from Miami. If you enjoy what you're hearing on the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP, please leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We also are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, virtually anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find this one. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP. and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.